This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, well, I think probably I, I have to apologize. I'm dealing with some, I don't know, sinus stuff or whatever, but if my voice sounds different, I it does in my ears or head or however it is that you hear your own voice. Um, so if it sounds really weird and it bothers you, sorry. If it sounds really weird and you like it better than my normal voice, uh, sorry that you've been listening to that annoying normal voice normally. So this episode, I want to talk a little bit about a passage that I'm guessing is probably familiar for a lot of us who have spent much time in the church. This is from the beginning of the book of John. The first, we're going to look at the first five verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Like I say, that passage right there, if you've been around the church for a while, you've probably heard, especially that beginning part, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, what I want to talk about in this episode is something that I think, even if we're familiar with this passage, it can be easy for us to miss because uh, the word that was translated word, I know it's a kind of a confusing thing, but the word word here is from the Greek word logos. And you may have seen this written out before. Uh, It looks like the English word logos, like L-O-G-O-S. That's what it looks like when it's written out. But in Greek, it's pronounced logos. And what John's doing here, when he's saying, in the beginning was, and we know was the word, but what John said is, in the beginning was the logos. And the logos was with God. And the logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, what he's saying here is he's borrowing from the culture and the world around him because in Greek philosophy, the idea of logos had a whole lot built into it. And so I want to give just a little bit of background here because if we don't understand the word that he was using, we just hear it now and we go, Yeah, I've always heard it translated, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, got it. But the Word, that translation, uh, it kind of leaves some ideas and some concepts out. And so I want to talk about the idea of logos. In the Greek world, like I say, this was a term that 
had developed over time. So I want to talk about uh, a few philosophers and not going to get like crazy in depth in this, but just to mention uh, Heraclitus. I don't know, some of you might remember that name from a long time ago in philosophy. You, you heard it once. But when he talked about the word, the term logos, um, he was talking about the principle of the cosmos that organizes and orders the world. So when he says logos, he's talking about the thing that makes everything work, the organizing principle that makes sense of things. Um, then the Stoics came along and they said it's not just that kind of impersonal uh, thing out there in the universe. They said, no, Logos is, it's bigger than that. It's not just in the universe. It's kind of also in our lives, in our human souls. It gives life and order not just to the universe, but to us, to individuals, to people, to humanity. Then um, Aristotle, he was a lot more of a practical, concrete thinker and going, okay, how do we make this make sense? Like we're talking about this big concept, but how does it touch down into life? And so he first developed the concept of logic. And you get how that would be the same root word as logos, right? So logic. And he, he described this thing that is what can make sense of human action and rationality. And so when John writes in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. What he's doing here is he's borrowing this idea from culture, from the world around him, and he's using a thing that would have made sense to people in his day where he's saying, okay, this thing, you already understand the concept of there being this big overarching principle guiding force that makes the world work, that makes the world make sense, that makes our way of thinking make sense, right? And our connection with ourselves and with other people. This idea Lagos, that is what came. And then in John 1.14, he says this, The Lagos became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So he takes this idea where at the beginning of the passage, he's saying in the beginning, there was this logos, this 
thing that you guys all understand what it is, the thing that made sense of the world, the thing that made the world exist, the thing that made us and our ability to interact with each other exist. That was who I'm talking about when I'm talking to you about Christ. And then when he says, the Logos became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I just think that is such a, such a beautiful and powerful idea that John is saying the, you know, I, I tried to think cause he's borrowing this term that it probably for some people, it feels like, whoa, John, you're being a little bit too, uh, universalist here. You're being a little bit too out there and taking, you know, this thing that people are, you know, they, they've got a lot of ideas when they say the word logos, they've got ideas about what that means. And what he's doing is he's saying, you've already got the concept. You've got the idea behind it. Now I want you to understand that when Jesus came, he put flesh to this idea, to this big picture thing that you already know and already understand and already believe is what makes the world work, is what makes the world make sense. That became flesh in Jesus and he made his dwelling among us. So I tried to think like, okay, he's using the word logos. What would be the word that we would use today or that different people would use today? So I thought, okay, I think scientists would probably call that energy, right? In the beginning was energy. Um, theologians and probably most of us listening to this episode, we would call it God, right? We'd say, yeah, I, I know the, the way to describe the force that organized the world, the universe, and makes sense of everything. That's God. But other people would feel more comfortable saying, um, well, I call that being or I, I just call it the universe or life, or I break it down, I call it atoms. And what John is doing here is he's saying, in the beginning, there was the logos. There was the thing that made the universe work. There was the thing that makes us able to to make sense of the world. And in Jesus, that, the logos, the everything that makes sense of everything became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And what John and the people who were alive at the same time as Jesus understood is that they experienced um, in Jesus 
what he's describing here is kind of like being itself came and lived among us. And when we talk about the idea of God, so many of us, we have a lot of ideas about what that means exactly. And so did the people in John's time. He would have been writing to people that they're like, hey, I, I follow after God. But when they hear this put in this new context, um, I think it would have been kind of freaky, right? And so if you're experiencing a little bit like, man, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, that's what John was doing, I think. He's saying, in the beginning, I'm borrowing from the way that you guys already understand the world, the thing that you're calling logos, the thing that makes sense of everything, the thing that existed before and that allows everything else to exist, um, that's, that's God. That's what I would call God. And in Jesus, that, the force that allows everything to exist, God, the, the being that creates being became flesh and lived among us. And I, I've got to say, I think it's really easy for people to become pessimistic, to become um, negative, to become kind of wondering like, man, is this world, is being a, a person, like, is there a whole lot of meaning here? Is there a whole lot of value here? Because there's so much stuff that's going wrong. There's so much stuff that we see this disconnect between, and I've, I've talked about this before, but we've seen this disconnect between what is and what Jesus taught us to pray of saying, God, we want your kingdom the way it is in heaven. We want it to come on earth. We see that there's this big disconnect, right, between the current existing earth and what it would look like if God's kingdom really came to life on earth. And we can sometimes see that big disconnect, that big gulf, and we can go, man, okay, I don't even know if, if there's redeemable stuff about the world, if there's good to be had here. And I think that when we start to ask that question, when we start to worry, we start to wonder, and we remember that the logos, this being that allows being in Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I think there's no better reminder that the creation, like God said in Genesis chapter 1, is good. That what God wants to do here on earth 
really is bring his kingdom, really is bring redemption, really is bring his hope and his help and his life. And I I don't have it pulled up right in front of me and I'm going to, maybe I'm going to kind of kill some time and talk about it. Uh, You're going to hear me typing because I want to read. This is reminding me as I'm talking that in Luke chapter four, Jesus stood up in the synagogue and the scroll, this is Luke 4, 17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Because when Jesus reads from this scroll, what he's saying, what he's communicating to the people around him is God has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So if you've been feeling disconnected, if you've been feeling disillusioned, if you've been watching the news way too much, if you've been seeing nothing but negative scroll through your Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it is that you've been going, man, I, it just seems like things are just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, Remember that in Jesus, as John says, the word, the logos, the everything became flesh and dwelled among us. And then when he was here, Jesus intentionally read from a passage of Isaiah to talk about the hope and healing and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, right? This is what he came to do. And when we understand that however it's helping you most to understand the idea of logos, but God, the word, being itself, everything, became flesh and dwelled among us. And then when Jesus was here in flesh, dwelling among, not us, but dwelling among people, he was reading these kind of hope-filled passages from Isaiah and talking about 
the healing and peace and restoration that he came to bring. And when I think about this passage in that context, when I think about what John is trying to communicate, this huge picture of what happened when Jesus came to earth and the reason that in the face of anything else, that no matter what we're worried about or afraid of or feeling overwhelmed by, that when Jesus became flesh and dwelled among us, we, as John says, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And, I, you know, I, I don't really know how that's hitting you, what that looks like, what that means changes in your life. I know what it looks like for me. I know that it means uh, on, a, on a deeper, more fundamental level that I believe God came to bring hope and healing and peace. That if the Lagos became flesh and lived among people, uh, it means God still agrees that his creation is good. It means that Jesus came and lived on this earth um, to show us what it looks like to live the life that God is calling us to live. And I want to just end with the words from John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. And the Logos, the Word, was with God. And the Logos, the Word, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.